Blog Talk Radio. Oh, for God's sake. And once, let's see, we get it to work here. Nope. <laughs> Amazing. Six years, and we still can't get the damn intro to work. Somewhere in the middle of the catacombs of uh, France, or I guess now he's in Vienna, Sean's getting a good laugh out of this. Seth came in, special right. guest, Marissa Paul, uh, on with, with uh, for Seth and Sean Sports Radio on Back Sports Page. <sighs> Marissa, we've been, Marissa, we've been talking about doing this for years. Should I just take Sean out of the country more often? Well, I mean, and so this way you can guy. 28 days? <laughs> he's literally away for like four weeks. He's got the best deal ever. Wow. He works for a company. Must be nice. Yeah, it must be. He's in-house counsel. So what he does is he will work from the company's European office or Japanese office or Australian office uh-huh. like every quarter. Sure. Right. Yeah, he goes in. He goes in. <laughs> so, he gets, wow. so he doesn't have to take vacation time. He pays for the hotel. And then he spends another two weeks traveling. So he is – I don't know. if You can follow it on, the, on his website, his uh, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego-esque blog on Facebook. <laughs> um, but I, I, I do have a – I'm not going to lie. While I'm sitting in an office um, in Livingston, New Jersey, with uh, little old ladies yelling at me over $200 tax credit, he's traveling right. through God knows where right now. But I'm glad Maybe we finally we got to do this after all Well, we yeah, he was yeah. together. Yeah, <laughs> for those of you, and most of you aren't going to know, um, Reese and I went to grad school longer ago than either of us would like to admit. Yeah. Okay. Um, she didn't Surely. have much respect for me because I went to Maryland, um, but we were actually good during those <laughs> years. <true>. And <laughs> now, you know, a few years later, to say the least, she. She's married with kids in D.C. I'm married with kids slash soon-to-be kiddo number two in beautiful Hoboken. And we said, you know what? It's a good week. There's a lot going on. And we talk about all this crap for hours anyway. So, Lisa, thank you for finally joining (laughs) me on my my favorite hour of the week. Well, thanks, Sean, for having this fabulous life and creating so much schadenfreude. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So we'll start with we'll start with obviously the NBA. We'll start with as a DC person. Actually, I'll start with the NHL because yeah. for the first time. I mean, did you ever care before? I mean, you're a Boston girl, or you're a Boston right. sports fan. You're a St. Louis kind of sports fan, and you're a yeah. DC sports fan. Yeah. You, yeah. The Capitals well, I mean, have been such disappointments forever. Did you ever care before this? No, not especially. Well, I mean, you know, as a Boston, you know, I always I grew up on a steady diet of the Sox, the Celts, and then the Patriots. Uh, but Bill Simmons, you know, gave everyone a pass to n- not be a Bruins fan because the organization at that time had been so poorly run. But then, of course, as always happens with any sports team, as soon as I walk away, things start to happen for them. So <laughs> if you guys want me to come up and do anything, you know, for uh, the Jets or the Islanders, just let me know. Um, okay. that, was, no, that would be Sean's deal, not mine. I'm good. <laughs> but, um, you know, around here, there, as you know, there's a, a, a small hardcore group of Rock the Redders that are insane Caps fans. And, um, you know, it was always charming, but you always knew 
that everyone, I mean, they might as well just book their Airbnbs in June because they weren't going to be playing it, you know. Like, it was like uh, everyone knew that they were called the choking dogs, I mean, (laughs) forever. But there was something that felt a little bit different about this team. I'd say around Christmas, a friend of mine told me she she went to Vegas and put 200 down that they'd win the Stanley Cup. At the time, I told her she was totally nuts. She's like, that was never going to happen, and what an idiot. We could have spent that money on a bar tab or something. And, um, you know, now I'm looking kind of dumb. So, but, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think anyone – I don't think – How is the city responding? What did Ovechkin say? Well, Ovechkin said, you know, in his typical Russian way, um, I don't think anyone anticipated that there would be the Caps and the Knights, you know, and it's like, <laughs> you yep. get that right. <laughs> solid, so Ivan Drago, solid Ivan Drago accent right there. Oh, Impressive. You. Thank you. So oh, now yeah. that, now, as you know, D.C. <laughs> DC is, a, is a perpetually bitter sports town. There's no question oh, about this. Starved. Yeah, uh, I was down there. All they talk about in, yeah, you're just a oh, bunch of angry, bitter people. So with this, there's a lot of reasons for that, and that's, this is not that podcast. But Right, right, that's a different one. That's the other way we do it. That's a completely different <laughs> one. But with, you know, has the city kind of, you know, after perpetual disappointment, after perpetual disappointment, how much has the city embraced this team? Or when, and when did it start to embrace it? Was it after they beat Pittsburgh in Game 7 in the semis? Well, they started to feel towards the end of the regular season that there was something going on. But um, everyone here is so convinced that there's a curse on this town and, um, you know, it's never going to happen for us. I mean, like, you know, RG3 basically epitomized what happens to to sports in this town. And and (laughs) so we were sure we were going to have – I saw in Vegas they had this – a drink special going called the Ovechkin and it's like a white Russian without a cup. And I mean, we were going to have one of those world. <laughs> right. And I was like, okay, that's um, that they were, that we were going to have one of the world's most amazing scorers and never make it past the second round. But the city has just, so there started to be like a feeling that this team was a little bit different. And even though Neil Greenberg was like, Oh, you know, don't get too excited <laughs> looking at the quantity. The quantity. You started to think that there was something different, and um, you know, you know, one by one they've been exercising, exercising, exercising down, beat Columbus, and you know they got past Pittsburgh and and uh, went to Game Seven against Tampa Bay, and it's like, and now the last demon left is Flurry, um, and so it's trying to get through that, and the city, everybody, yeah, and you know, yes, this city can be very. Uh, demographically, socioeconomically segregated. And it's actually cutting across all. (laughs) I mean, when you see brothers in downtown D.C. wearing Holtby jerseys, you're like, what's going on here? (laughs) But, um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I mean, it's great. And, I mean, you have to see some of the footage. Like last night, they pretty much filled the, whatever it's called now, the Capital One Center for a viewing party. People were lined up for hours to get in, and every after every victory, they pan to Chinatown, which is where the the arena is, and it, the the streets are just packed. It was, it's I've not seen anything like this in a long time in this town. All right, so jumping from 
so I, is the expectation – I mean, look, they lose game one on the road, a game they could have won 6-4. Um, totally. But the expectation is it, this is a pretty even series. So Yeah, you interestingly. Know, yeah. yeah, I mean, and even I think people who don't – I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty good example of this. I am not a, a Capitals fan by any stretch of the imagination, but for two <laughs> reasons. One, you know, why would I be? I'm a Devils fan. We won our three cups. I'm good. But – yeah, okay. um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, for two reasons. Number one, the idea of an expansion team winning a Stanley Cup, I think, is vile to be like, it's not, it's not a great story. It's a sad, it's, it's kind of a sick story more than anything else. I mean, I understand technically why that's true. Um, and I hear people say it, but I mean, come on, have you watched the Knights? Like they are so fun. They're fun to and watch. Exciting. And, I, and I think any, any, hockey fan under the age of like 20 is obsessed with them now you know well, <laughs> after, so after watching that pre after watching that pregame show i don't blame them and it'll be interesting when the next expansion team comes out because i believe and i think it's seattle but i could be wrong um it's I the same it's threshold it's the same the way that las vegas oh. pick their team pick their players seattle's well, got no. the same rights no. uh, yeah they'll have the same rights but i mean no, I'm not going to say you're going to have the same result. I don't, I don't mean that by any right. stretch of the imagination. But the ex, yeah. it's a much higher bar. They don't have bar. genius that's George McPhee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knew? It's a much <laughs> higher bar. Yeah, a little bit late for you guys. Much higher bar <laughs> and much higher expectation than any other expansion team any, has ever had in any sport. So, you know, jumping right. from, from there to <sighs> Golden State, Cleveland 4. Can you hear the excitement okay. in my face, in my voice? Right. Yeah, I know. Um, especially because I think it's pretty clear. I mean, as superhuman as LeBron is, like this isn't. That's not going to happen for them. I don't think. You know. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's just going to be like look- us walking around talking about, oh my God, Seth Curry is just superhuman, and it's like I'm so over it. Okay. To be okay. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit of an underlying anger here because Teresa's <laughs> husband has decided to stay. And if anyone wants to call in and discuss any of this, seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six. If anyone wants to, has decided that Stephen Curry is a better player than Larry Bird. Now, uh, I don't know how you really compare that anyway. It's just two completely different players and two different, completely different yeah, generations. Whole game, completely different game. Stephen yeah. Curry is a great player, a first ballot Hall of Famer. In all time, great. Larry Bird's one of the top ten players of all time. Um, it's just a right. weird comparison. It makes really no sense. Um, right now, if you want to say that Golden State is a better team than the than the Celtics in the eighties, I can under mm. I, I don't particularly agree, but I can understand the argument. But again, it's it's such a different game. It's hard to compare. Well, like, let's, I'll say, be honest. let's say you took away the three pointers and and you, and all of, for both sides and it, and all of those four worth was two. You, I mean, yeah, what would that game that. be like? No, you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. First of all, the Celtics had the <laughs> their best team was '86, and they had the three point line. Now it was never utilized yeah. like it is now. No. But it's just it's it's a weird comparison. It's like comparing those teams to the to the fifty to the '62 Celtics. You know, how do you no, really look, compare? I, I don't have any hateration for Steph Curry because I think, I mean, he really has just changed the geometry of the game. 
with his ability beyond the arc. I mean, you it, you have to change the way you play defense. If and it seems like most of the time people just decide not to anymore. But um, you know, so it, it, some people have compared him to Babe Ruth in the home run. It's like he just he changed the physical parameters of the game. And I think that's certainly true. It is. And now, and, and you see all these kids in AAU and everything else, and that's what they want to do. So um, that's why I guess Boston was kind of an interesting team. And, and anybody that's doing something different, or like, you know, obviously a failed effort, but UVA with what they were doing, um, it was effective in the regular season at least. Um, oh, so it's typically effective know. in the regular season. It's not quite as effective come uh, come right come 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 the tournament. No, and even as myself, I am not a Boston fan and never been a Boston fan. You know, found myself rooting for this team because number one, it's it's they're a lot of fun to watch. Jason Tatum mm-hmm. is an absolute stud. Jalen Brown You're is welcome. a stud. <laughs> and you you look, Tatum had no fear in a game seven. But the problem is, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Terry Rozier and Jalen Brown and I'm missing the third one. I think it was, Mar- it was oh Marcus Smart, who I love, shot about I was it seven for forty, and they shot seven for thirty nine from three point land, which is would have been yeah. the worst performance I've ever seen until last night, when Houston shot seven for forty four from three point land. <laughs> Well, see, this is the thing. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I think because my brain is so saturated with the caps and then um, with the NBA playoffs, it's like it was weird because I watched the um, the caps in the Knights game and then I watched Golden State. And it was in the caps game, you just sort of – there was a frustration. You're like, oh, why can't Ovi just put this on his back and, 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 just, and just score one right here? Um, and that's because, you know – he couldn't do that because he didn't have anyone playing defense. Whereas, I mean, Steph Curry was able to just pull that game off because um, nobody was playing defense. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, I guess that they're totally different sports and all that, but it was, it is, it does go back to cast of characters, opportunities. And I just feel like in the NBA with the way people play now, the opportunities to score, I don't mean to minimize it, but, they are obviously far more plentiful than what any one man in hockey could do. Of course. But, yeah. you know, you, now you, you you look at this and there's so many what-ifs. Do you have a problem with Kyrie Irving not being at the game yesterday? Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. I and you mean, know I love that I mean, kid. But, like, of course I mean, he did. He if you want to be a leader – Look, yeah, well, but, I mean, we have this problem with John Wall. He played like nine games at Duke, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, know. we have this problem here with John Wall, and I think it's—I really, honestly think it's some maturity and experience. Like John Wall thinks leadership is criticizing his teammates. I think he's confused about what real leadership is, and I, I feel like Kyrie Irving is, you know, off doing his own thing, um, handling his personal career. And that uh, has has not exhibited any leadership potential thus far for the Celtics, um, which I don't. I mean, I can only imagine how those conversations are with Brad Stevens because that seems like the exact opposite of what Brad Stevens is interested in. 
Yeah, I mean, Kyrie, you know, Kyrie has never been known as a leader. You know, that wasn't... When has he led anything? <laughs> well, that's you know, it. He hasn't led anything. You know, this, is, this has been his first chance to. Because as you said, he played mm-hmm. 10 games at Duke for all intents and purposes. In Cleveland, he had LeBron, which, you right. know, look, can be can be a negative, and I understand that as well in regards to the pressure that's put on you. But, you know, you want to be paid X, you want to be considered one of the best players in the league. You know, there's one thing being a best player in the league, another kind of being of that next tier of leader. And, you know, Kyrie, again, he's young. He's 24, 25 at this point, maybe a little bit older than that. But, you know, the, the opportunity to, you know, the, I, I, I thought I, I, I was not particularly impressed with it. Yeah, well, I think what makes it so galling is that, you know, all that craziness that went down in Cleveland when he just out of the blue was like, I'm out, was ostensibly so that he could lead his own team, that he could build a team. And then here he has the opportunity and a couple setbacks, obviously. But uh, it doesn't seem like he's trying to optimize the, the opportunity. But, you know, hey, I mean, maybe next year it'll be different. No. We'll, we'll find out soon it. enough. Um, and look, this, is, this Boston <laughs> team is stacked for the next five, should be stacked going forward. Um, Can you believe I mean, Brad Stevens didn't get a single vote? That's crazy. <laughs> it's surprising. I would have probably put, God, I feel like I'm just quoting Duke after Duke, but I would have, I would have voted for <laughs> Quinn Snyder personally um, because that, I had no expectations of that team. And he still looks no. like he's thirty-two. He still looks like he's in his thirties and has hair like he's in his teens. I'm a little bit envious. Yeah. Okay, not a little bit. Oh. I'm damn envious. But oh, I know that team. You Backstreet expected to go in the fantastic. Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> you expected. Yeah, and there's you know, definitely an oil painting in an attic aging somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. That team you expected to be somewhere at the bottom of the Western Conference. They end up going. You know, getting home field home court advantage in the first round. They go. They have no, they you know obviously Donovan Mitchell was better than any of us anticipated, but mm-hmm. Gobert is, is a monster. But no, I didn't. See, I just didn't see this team coming in the difficult West. You know, Dwayne Casey forgetting what happened after you know in the playoffs did a great job with Toronto. Stevens is right there. Um, you know he'll get he'll get his due soon enough. I think he'll be the the, the Olympic coach after um, Popovich is done in 2020. Um, it'll take some time, and that team is so stacked going forward. The question is, you have Hayward coming back, you have Jalen Brown, you have Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of that's a lot of talent at what really primarily one position. That's kind of that two three swing. And right, you can't trade Hayward because his contract is no is enormous. Well, and you wouldn't, and you know. I mean. Well, then, what do you do though? Do you, I mean, they're not. How do you build? How do you put this team together with this kind? Of, do you play Hayward at the four? Do you? You know, you're going to have a top. What pick do they? They, they have. They don't have the self. Do they have the Nets? Is it the Nets pick they have? No, they traded it to Cleveland. No, it's. Do they? Yeah, is it Cleveland or Philly? But it's like it's one of those guys. That they, I mean, yeah, I they think they one, of crippling their own well, opponents uh, via draft as well. But, no, well, I that's mean, all. That's think, all attributable to Billy King. Let's be honest here. That that, that trade with the Nets <laughs> for Garnett and Pierce is still still haunts me. Um, but <laughs> well, I mean, I don't. Fan. I think 
I don't know. Someone's going to have to move. Someone's going to have to, you know, swallow the pill. Um, but I think the reason you're not going to have to freak out too much about it is that it does seem maybe it's because of the collective the youth in the team, but it does seem like that they're totally amenable to being coached by this guy and doing things that don't make each person an individual superstar. So I guess, I mean, it's a tough, you know, what a horrible problem to have that you're stacked with so much talent at one position. But if somebody can find their way through it, I, I would certainly sure. put my money on Brad Stevens. Just like my Maryland Terrapins. So much talent. Mm-hmm. They just, yeah, good Lord, I can't even keep a straight face. So uh, I, mean, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> really? That's yeah, you have the me. first, second, third, fourth, and fifth best players coming in this year. Uh, damn. So anyway, you know, we're going into – you know, you know, LeBron has been superhuman. There's no question about it in this playoff. His, his supporting staff, I think they're better than 07, but other than that, they're, 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 just, they're just not very good. Um, mm-hmm. I'm tired of the Michael, Magic, Michael LeBron argument. I don't think there's really well, an answer. Eh, probably not. I mean, because I, I always remember with those Michael teams, we said the same thing. I, don't, I mean, people were clamoring, saying, like, he's not surrounded by anyone. And now we look back, and those were some pretty solid castmates he had, <laughs> including this one guy named Scotty Pippen. Um, but I think I don't know what would it take for you to to answer the question. I don't like for me if LeBron if me, the Cavs won the championship, would you be like, okay, that's it? He's he's the prob- he's the best. The problem, the fundamental problem with it, with it, because twice he left to be, for all intents and purposes, a mercenary. You know, he goes mm-hmm. to my, you know, leaving Cleveland the first time. To, I, if he went anywhere other than with Bosch and with Wade, I would have had no problem with it. But he literally, you know, <laughs> surrounded himself. As, it, it's an easy way out. And I've been arguing this with yeah. Sean for years. And then when he leaves, well, Bosch is pretty much retired because of, his in, because of his problem. Wade is older. And he goes back to a team with Kyrie Irving, who's an all-star, and he trades for Kevin Love, who's an all-star. And put so, Wade you know, on kinda, a plane. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Like, yeah. Kind of in regards to Durant, you know, kind of doing the same thing. It's I, I get that people are gauged by you know you know people's level of of greatness is often gauged by championships. But when the deck mm-hmm. is stacked to that degree, it's hard for me to take it particularly seriously. I've de- kind of decided I can't choose. I just can't. I just have a. <laughs> I have a, I just have a top five. I just have my I have my all time great all time lineup, and the first three are very easy, and then four and five is difficult. And it's Magic at the point, Jordan at the two, LeBron right. at the three, and then either Duncan or Bill Russell at the four because Bill could, at this Russell would wow. be a power forward at this point, not a center, and then either Russell in depending on who you choose there, Russell or Jabbar at five. That's it. Um. You know, Jordan That's wasn't solid. the passer. I'd take that. Yeah, I, most of us would. You know, Jordan <laughs> was certainly not the passer that that LeBron was. LeBron was certainly not the, you know, although he's become better, was not the shooter nor the cutthroat competitor. Although, I mean, he's gotten there. You know, I guess he really is there, that Jordan is. Well, I guess you know, the, what I was going to say, though, is, like, it seems that you don't like mercenaries. and I, I don't really have a problem with it, <laughs> you know? I mean, of course oh, you want to win. And... 
you want to play with guys oh. that you think are good with you. And it's, I mean, winning is fun. You had no so, problem with A-Rod coming to New York and playing with Jeter? Well, I mean, that didn't really work out. I think that worked out for everybody, didn't it? <laughs> it did work out for you in Boston. There's no question. <laughs> yeah. But, I, no, I didn't. I mean, especially, I don't know, because sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. Like, I, I mean, we were, again, I hate to harken back to such a completely inconsequential uh, franchise like the Wizards, but, I mean, look how great the team was when John Wall wasn't playing. There's, like, more intangibles than just, you know, it's get the, the five the guys theory. on your roster. It's the Ewing theory. Yeah. It's, to, to quote uh, Bill Simmons, that sometimes you're better without your best player, without your most yeah. talented player. Yeah, I, I, it's understood. Um, but, I mean, I'm kind of, to be honest, I'm getting tired, and maybe it's because I listen to a, way more sports radio than I should. Yeah. I'm getting tired of the LeBron-Michael argument. You know, Michael went 6-0. and Yeah, he also played against weaker teams in the finals. He didn't play against a team. The only team he, great team he played against was, was Phoenix in 93 when Barkley won the MVP. Oh, and they had Marley and Kevin Johnson. They were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the Utah teams, they were good. They weren't great. The Seattle yeah, team was Peyton and Kemp. They were good, <laughs> not great. They were not a Spurs team. Like, you know, which is like that, that. You know that Cleveland's that James has played against two or three times, and they were not a Golden State Warrior team, which could probably compete with any team ever, especially this current team. Although they've been bored this entire year, and it looked like they were even bored in the playoffs. Um, you know, not, I, I thought they were lousy, to be honest. Um, well, the basketball just hasn't really been very good. I mean, it's been at points compelling, but it's not like this is some masterful basketball we're seeing here. You know, no one's reinventing the wheel. Well, well, I think Golden State did reinvent the wheel. I think the problem is, I actually think it's, I think it's, the problem is it's been predestined for the last three years, for the last two years at a minimum, who the, what the finals were. And when Sean said he thought it was going to be Houston, Toronto, or I just kind of turned him like, you're an idiot. I go, there's no <laughs> yeah. reason to think that it's it's going to be anyone but Golden State Cleveland until it's not Golden State versus Cleveland. That's just the reality. Exactly. And right. I mean, I think it's just like kind of self indulgent fantasy to to think that it might be something else. Just because you know it's like daydreaming. You just kind of hoping it would be something else, but until you actually I mean, have look, any compelling reason to believe it. Well, I mean, look, you know, all going out against games. LeBron. You just don't. You just don't <laughs> unless you're Golden State. You know, Iguodala yeah. is going out, kind of gave Houston a chance. So once Paul was out, it was, it just wasn't going to happen. Although, I give them credit. They played really, really hard the last two days. They just, when your second best player is is Clint Capella, who's a nice player, <laughs> you're not winning, a, you're not beating Golden State. Now, to be fair, Durant. Every time I see that guy, I'm like, who is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, we kind of see how, mean, this, how that like what is so if nope. you're LeBron and and you lose the series, right? I mean, what do you what do you like with the Golden State Specter out there, and it's not going to change anytime soon. Um, like what what are you supposed to do? Are you going to go blow it up and try to rebuild somewhere else? Are you going to try to scoop people we, over to to Cleveland? 
you're not bringing anyone to Cleveland. Nobody really wants to go to Cleveland. I mean, the reality, you got really three choices out of what I can figure out. You stay you stay in Cleveland and just play out what play out what you got. You go to Philly, and then you're truly a mercenary. But when you play with Simmons and Embiid, but the problem is him and Simmons are too similar. I don't know if I like the combination that much. Or the other yeah. rumor is you figure out a way to get to Houston, and yeah. then you have you know I, you, wow. Harden yeah. and, and LeBron, that would be weird. <laughs> and Chris Paul. Right. Because he wouldn't go there without I mean, Chris Paul. And then you, once again, whoever wins the West, the East is open, but whoever wins the West, is there's no, there's no discussion point. It's over. So I hope he stays, but I'll be honest, I, 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 he certainly has no love loss for Gilbert. The team is yeah. not very good. Um. And I, I don't know what he's going to do. He, he certainly. I mean, isn't that in large part his time. fault that the yeah. team isn't very good? Because I mean, he 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 picked those guys. I mean, the idea that Tyron Lude does anything there is ridiculous. So, I mean, yeah, all I, those, like, he I he mean, put weight on the plane. Like he, you know, he he, he yeah. constructed that. But I don't know. I think it might be interesting if he did go to Houston because. Okay, yeah, mercenary, sure. As we've discussed, I don't really have a problem with that. But at least he'd be, like, knocking on, on Golden State's doorstep. He's not going to, like, chill in the East and wait for something cool to happen and, and then try to take on Steph Curry and those guys. It would be like, no, I'm actually going to knock you out before the finals. That might be no, interesting. That would be a fun, it would be an amazing series. So we were talking um, a couple of days ago online, and – you brought up a really fun topic. <laughs> if you if you had the choice, and you know, I've to me, it, it's pretty easy. But like, if if you have the choice of who you could go out with, you know, go out but boozing with from these athletes, you know, it's a different generation. Right. You know, it's a little bit less, I think, than it used to be. But yeah, you know, to me, or at least that we know of, you know, that we know. Yeah, we don't really know very much. Um. <laughs> Man, I mean, uh, the stories you hear are great, and some of them we can talk about. Some of them we can't really, but, man, <laughs> I can only imagine what, you know, right now, I don't know who I would want currently. I know that always, yeah. you know, Barkley in the good old days would be fun, and, and, and Walt Frazier and, and Joe Namath would have been a blast in the 60s. Are you kidding me? In the 70s? But uh, what about who Rigo? would you want to go John out with? Riggins. Riggo would be ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, that's true. I mean, when you pass out under a table at, at the White House or whatever, and then you, you try to pinch Sandra Day O'Connor's butt, like that's pretty cool. Well, he told her he told <laughs> her to take a chill pill or, yeah. or to relax. I, I, I think well, see, I, I see, my think thing in, is like I like to go out. I like to have a good time, and I like really awkward situations happening to people that aren't me, so I can. Like, <laughs> I can just sit back and laugh, and then I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm going to get my Uber, you know? But so in some in some scenarios, like, a Rigo would be great now. I mean, I guess I'm sure you're going to roll your eyes, but, I mean, come on. Doesn't it seem like everything he does, Gronk has fun at? Yeah. No, I think Gronk yeah. would be uh, – it's certainly got to be more fun than eating, av- eating one scoop of avocado ice cream with Tom Brady. 
So I yeah, mean, right. having yeah. Giselle yell at you that it's time for bed. No thanks. <laughs> no, no. I, well, to be fair, go, going to bed with Giselle doesn't really sound like the worst thing in the world. But um, <laughs> Gronk, I think if I was 20, Gronk would be the greatest thing on the face of the earth. Um, and I can only imagine what going – I can't even fathom what, what a week with Gronk would be in, like, Mexico. Oh, I don't think I could take it. The only thing that would I, be more excruciating and probably far more depressing – would be like a week with Johnny Manziel in Mexico. <laughs> well, not not the new Manziel, but like I guess now I'd be Supposedly. broken. It's like when I go to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. After like two or three nights, after two nights for all intents and purposes, I have nothing left. Now, right. when you knew me in my good old days, um, when I was young and had hair and less of a gut and, and, could, ha- and could, could hang for a while, you know, then I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more. But, man... Now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then the current guys now, I don't know. I mean, because, like, dudes that I think I could hang with, I I mean, sort of like, you know, if I'm going to get a hall pass to take a weekend and go party with these guys, like, I don't know. I I mean, we're going to need to blow it out. And I feel like like we'd be sitting around, you know, uh, smoking stogies and eating expensive steak. And, you know, I'm kind of looking for more of a hangover experience kind of thing. (laughs) <laughs> you're a sick sick human being yeah well I mean you know if you're going to go but there's a plenty of guys it's actually kind of more fun to talk about the vintage guys you know because like you know would McEnroe have been fun to go out with like uh, Mike Tyson but you don't want to get arrested so like there's pros and cons you know like you never know hmm. I don't want to pay well, for maybe. paparazzi's cameras like but it would still be kind of cool <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've had a, f- a couple friends who have been swamped by the paparazzi. It, to be, to be, it's a mixed bag to say the least. Um, <coughs> well, me. I'll tell you who I did drink with and booze with not that long ago. I think I told you about it. And I mean, not exactly a wild and crazy guy, but Sean, Shane Battier. Right. Well, you've, known really Shane, cool. you've known Shane for twenty some odd years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, the most fascinating thing he said that whole time was that LeBron James was the best teammate he's ever had. So I was like, interesting, interesting. And then I made a joke about flopping and he was like, not that impressed with me. But anyway, well, well, <laughs> then that'd be the end of the friendship. Well, to be fair, he was Nick, the flop was, the flop was nicknamed the Battier. At least it was in yeah, Maryland. I know. But, and it was on, I on, it was on Vital. Joke. Cause I thought it like, well, there was validity to it. And you know, as a Maryland person who watched who watched year after year, you know, he would flop, and there was no question about it. But he was he was so clean cut that you, it didn't matter. Right. He was Shane Battier. Right. It's like, yeah, I mean, you're not going to say the same things about Shane Battier that you do about like Draymond Green, sure. No. <laughs> no. And watching Charles Barkley kind of backtrack after his comments about Draymond was pretty funny. Um, yeah. But and I bet I bet I'll tell you I bet Draymond would probably be pretty fun to go out with too. Barkley would be a blast. But oh, I can just I imagine think that would New probably York be the, my speed right now. <laughs> oh god, I can imagine New York in the seventies, going out oh. with Frazier, Clyde Frazier, and he's got the freaking fur coat in the in the bell bottoms and the like the platform. Like I don't think guys wear platform shoes, but if anyone could pull it off, like if you see the suits he wears now, and he's like sixty five. <laughs> 
And I interviewed him, must have been about three or four years ago. It's one of the better ones yeah, I've ever did. And I kept listening to him just like, man, I want your life. Yeah. <laughs> even at, even at, <laughs> in the 60s, even in your 60s, I'm like, you know, you're the only person I know who can get away with saying things like, you know, weaving and beaving and dining, you know, whining yeah. and dining and all that. And it's completely and utterly ridiculous, but it is a lot of fun to listen to. And, you know, again, yeah. we're talking about these guys who are great players, Frazier Hall of Famer, Namath. Not whether he should or should have been a Hall of Famer is a whole other discussion point. But, you know, <laughs> no, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I, I don't. Um, but he was he was the quarterback for the most important football game of all time. So you go from sure. there. You know, well, he, but I, now, I, I mean, I think you and I are in, like, this – Bad little netherworld of our in our generation in our time on Earth, and that like we can't be, go out and be like the Gronks, but we don't have the um, you know the credibility and and the tenure to go out and you know wear these suits and talk about like oh yeah and then you know when we were doing blow off uh, Faye Dunaway at Studio Fifty Four like we can't you know we're just really boring Gen Xers like I mean we like to listen to Pearl Jam and reminisce and it's just yeah, and and it's like we're hiring a sitter to go to the Dave Matthews concert. You know, it's just it's not cool anymore. I can't. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, to be fair, I, I was never cool to begin with. The coolest thing I've ever done is host a show. But yeah, I mean, and to pay a hundred dollars for someone to babysit my son for, so I can go to a show. We did it for Guns N' Roses, I think. But uh, which <laughs> nice. we talk about we talk about retro and old, although it was still fun. But you know it's, you know you're getting older when you're standing around and everyone's playing on their phone because we were watching Game Five of the uh, Yankees Indians ALCS or AL <laughs> Divisional Series and that's what everyone's checking while he's playing while Fat Axel Rose is playing uh, Paradise City. Um, yeah. You know, good t- good times. What can I say? Yeah, but um, right. you know, it's it is we were the we were the generation that was just kind of there. In a lot of ways, yeah. now we have you know the new generation. It's a completely different. It's a different, completely different world. And the older we were so you know, the melancholy was, for no reason. Like we, America was in prosperity, we were at peace. Russia was gone, or the Soviet Union was gone for at that time, and and we were still sad. Like I, it's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> if only we knew how good we had actually had it. <laughs> Again, a discussion for another podcast, not for not for now, <laughs> but yeah. We just, we probably should t- touch on this a little bit because you of all people, I'm actually kind of interested in your view on the anthem uh, controversy that came out. That not the controversy, the determination that you have to stand for it, or you don't have to come out for mm-hmm. it. Now I, you've I mean, worked I think... in the political realm for many years. We have mm-hmm. pretty different views. But I am curious, yeah. you know, as someone who's dealt with the military in a lot of ways, which you have, I'm curious to, to hear your feeling on this. Well, I think it might surprise you. I think, um, honestly, I, I, <laughs> this decision and then the idea that you're going to find guys 15,000 if they do come out and kneel, and um, this is what happens. It's, it's completely asinine. It makes the problem worse. Um, and this is what happens when a bunch of old, rich white men make decisions in a vacuum, you know, <laughs> like they just totally missed the point. And I don't think anybody, 
I mean, you always hear about people that are that say they know somebody that no longer watches football because of the kneeling, but I don't think you can actually. I, I mean, I don't know anybody that is, and um, it seems so anecdotal. And the TV ratings go down all the time, and I, I don't think you can actually quantify what effect the kneeling has had. And I only bring that up because this seems to be the rationale for the owners uh, doing this. And I, I think they just totally missed the whole power of protest. This isn't, this is no disrespect to the services. This is, I don't even think it's a disrespect to the American ideals. This is guys pointing out that there is a real problem. There's an entire segment of the population that is living with their civil rights being violated. And I mean, they are considered figureheads and leaders in the black community and they should say something. I mean, one of my biggest knocks on Michael Jordan was that he never said anything. And I, I thought with his power and his prestige, he should have said stuff. He never did. So I don't know if that surprises you. I mean, I am fairly conservative, and I am uh, from a military family and work in defense, but I just, I'm, obvious, I'm a big fan of the right to protest, right to peaceful protest. And I think these guys, one, don't get that, and two, don't even get what – these guys are protesting about because they're so far removed. I mean, a guy like Dan Snyder has far more in common with Donald Trump than he does with Colin Kaepernick. So of course this is this stupid, stupid, stupid PR disaster solution that they would come up with. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not really, I wasn't really <laughs> sure how you would feel about it to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, look, I, I mean, I, I stand I, for the anthem. I teach my kids to stand for the anthem. But I'm also not like, you know, half of my my demographic isn't sitting in jail on, you know, marijuana charges and stuff. Like, you know, I'm not getting tased when I can't find the keys to my car. Like, you know, so that's a different viewpoint and I have a different responsibility. Yeah, no, I completely understood. And I'm similar to you. Now, I mean, to me, you know, this is a whole other story. I don't think the anthem needs to be played before sporting events. I'm not really sure of the relevance of it. I never have been. Um, but prior to 2009, the players didn't come out anyway before. It was just played. That's true. And, and then I believe the Department of Defense paid the NFL five or six million, you know, six or seven million dollars, something like that, for them so that the players would be out there. Um, this has been a, a debate, an argument about the, which has gone on in this podcast throughout the years between Sean and myself. Sean mm-hmm. believes that it should be played. I don't. Um, I don't think one thing really has anything to do with the other. And no. as you said, it's, you know, it's not as if the people who are singing, you know, the people who are diehard anthem people, you know, half of them are going to get beer or doing this or doing other things. It's not that, like 70,000 people at Arrowhead Stadium are all standing at complete and utter, um, you know, silence in respect to the, respect right. to the anthem. Um, well, Here's no. the thing. How come it's 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 okay to like do these stupid things like at the O's game where they go, oh. And then last night I didn't realize this was a Vegas thing, but they all scream night. Like, why can you do like goofy stuff like that, right? But then if you're trying to say something about, you know, our society, like now we're gonna have to fine you. Like, I don't know. because it because it is a silly and stupid thing. So if it's silly yeah. and stupid, then it doesn't have any bearing. And look, I. Yeah. When I used to go to the Orioles games as a Yankee fan, we would all still yell O, oh, and then we would laugh because it would be yeah, every time for Yankee fans and Orioles fans. But 
<laughs> when I was a camp counselor, I and called my out. kids the yellow. Because it was fun. <laughs> but, you know, and I, I get the awkward, you know, the awkwardness that kind of comes with this, you know, when you have a guy like Antonio Villanueva, uh, the, the offensive lineman in Pittsburgh, who who was in the Army for several years. Um, and, you know, it, it's, a, it's a personal decision, but I, I can, I, the idea, I, I couldn't really, I, I have no argument with what you're saying. The, 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 the rule was asinine. And yeah. it's pretty much the all you've done. Is what's going to happen now? You know, like how is this well, going to? How is this well, going to be received? To, it's going to be received pretty damn badly, and that's how it's been I would think so. And you have the Jets well, owner, who, like Woody Johnson, who's yeah. the owner of the Jets, is, is now the, Engl- the ambassador, I think, to England. So either his nephew or his son or his brother is running the, the franchise, and he said we will, and he will pay any, for any fine that the Jets, you know, any, any Jet player receives because he thinks this is ridiculous. You know, but then you go to like, let's yeah. say you go to, you know, a, a team in a more um, conservative area. Uh, well, let's just say Jerry Jones, because isn't this like a big? I think it's sort of like a backtrack and kowtow to guys like Jerry Jones. Right, you but know? Jerry Jones got on the knee with his players last year. So why? I, I I'll be perfectly honest. I think there's probably more. You know, you talk about yeah. You, you brought it up nicely. You know, the TV ratings go down. Well, TV ratings are going down across the board because people are watching in other avenues. Yeah. Or they're not well, it's proliferation of media. Yeah. Exactly. So that the NFL's ratings are down five percent is not really extraordinarily surprising. But they may be watched on Periscope or watched on Twitter or watched on Yahoo. So who knows? We don't really yeah. know because no one really has this. I don't. The analytics, I don't know how that plays out. Um, but I'll be honest, I think there are probably more people. And I, the only person I know who's g- given up football, he's given up in more g- regards to the Kaepernick issue, you know, pretty much being mm. banned or being blackballed, or Eric Reed being blackballed, than in regards yeah. to the anthem, which he thinks is stupid. Because we all, I don't think anyone who lives, now you're in less of a bubble than I am. Because you're in a liberal area, but you're a conservative, so you you right. do see both sides. I'm mm-hmm. a liberal in a liberal area, so I am, yeah. comp- you know, I can't yeah. even. I, I have no rationality. You limousine liberals, you're fake. News. Yeah, there, there there ain't no limousines. Believe me, there ain't no limousines. <laughs> um, Only when we go to the Guns and Roses. <laughs> Only when we go. I mean, no, that would too, that would be like, my. That would be my 2017 least uh, uh, Subaru Forester. But we're in the ballpark. Oh, no. Subaru oh, guy. Yeah. Yikes. What did you say? You're a Subaru guy now? I was a Camry guy 20 years ago. <laughs> I'm not sure there's a huge difference. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, now that we've established that you don't buy American, um, back to your point. (laughs) I I just, I mean, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how uh, the owners could have messed this up more. Um, I don't know how they continue to reignite this issue, and I think it would make total sense if they did. I know it's a totally different 
party, but like David Silver and and the NBA, like they talk to the players about this stuff. No, David. Now, granted, it's David, a lot no, smaller David group Silver, of players, but still. David Silver is Brian Austin Green from nine hundred two one zero. Adam Silver is the guy. Is, 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 is the NBA? Oh right, right, right. David Silver. Were you watching? Were you watching nine hundred two one zero reruns this morning? Is that what motivated you for this uh, I mean, it's Tuesday. I usually save that for Thursday, but <laughs> <laughs> David Silver and then his mom married Donna's mom, and it was so awkward. It that was whole show awkward. was awkward. Have you watched it again lately? It's just like, whoa. No. No. There's a Although lot of things going on in there, too. It's, you're just like, whoa. <laughs> well, me, me, the, 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 me too is a is a tough situation for anything prior to the Me Too movement because ninety percent of TV shows and movies and probably people have probably done something and I'm not admitting to anything and I'd like to think there's probably not much that I've done to hit it but even I have one or two questions well maybe I could have maybe I did I don't know well but I mean no look you. You always wonder back in retrospect on certain on, on those things. Again, another podcast. That one I'll have to drink for. Probably. Anyway, anyway, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So anyway, Adam Silver, another fine Duke graduate, got this right. NBA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? They all stand for the anthem. They do because it's in their clause, and that was negotiated. Yep. Yeah, it's in their contract. So, um, but in some ways, get, I guess you could say they're being compensated to stand. Um, if, yeah. I mean, if you want but to think also, about it that way, but also silver gives them so much leeway in regards yeah. to yeah. anything else. And right. remember this, came, this really came about after, well, number one, after silver became, after the, the CBA was in place. So it's not something you're going to negotiate out of. But when LeBron yeah. stepped out with the, um, you know, can't breathe shirts and they're also a lot more judicious and how they, although I guess it's not like Colin Kaepernick was being flashy. Um, I don't know. I think there's just a much better relationship. And this is the other thing, right? There's a much better relationship between the owners in the NBA and the players, whereas in the NFL they see the players as as like chattel, if you will, which is exactly the point and the the spirit that they're they're protesting, you know. But I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. No, I <coughs> excuse me. It's not, and uh, it'll be very inter- It'll be very interesting to have when the, when the next. I don't know. I don't know when the next CBA comes about um, in a couple of years, because the relationship between the play, you know, the players and the owners has deteriorated to such a degree that I don't know. You know, as I said, I don't know where it goes from here. Um, There's so many the things way, that are gonna like. Ah, go on. <laughs> so, you know, speaking of, you know, kind of deterioration, did you hear about this guy? Who, I, I had never heard of him. Who, his name is Cassius Marsh. And he was playing, he went to the Patriots, and then he got cut from the Patriots, and he was playing for the Niners. And he pretty much just talked about how much he hated playing for the Patriots, and nobody likes playing for yes. New England. Yes, he goes, Do people realize fun. this is a no job? No one is having fun there. <laughs> Well, look, okay, everyone's talking about, oh, I mean, I was just going to say, everyone's talking about, oh, my God, Brady and Gronk, they're not at OTAs. And and it's like, it's not 
it's not about money. I don't think it's about money. I don't think anybody in New England thinks it's about money. I think what it's about is is sort of that culture and Belichick. And it's, um, you know, Brady and Gronk use that weirdo trainer guy. And um, they're not going to stop using him. And, you know, Brady recognizes that there's three people that matter in Foxborough. It's Belichick, it's Kraft, and it's him. And he's, you know, this is probably going to be the last two years of his career. And he's going to just do it his way. Screw you, Bill. And that's it. So I think think Bill Belichick is old school, and a lot of people aren't going to do well in there. But the the problem is, as long as he keeps bringing results, not much people are really going to do to stop or try to intercede at all. Certainly not craft. Why would he? You've won, yeah. what, five championships, six championships, whatever the number is, and you've lost. Yeah. I mean, you and they very well could have won every single one they lost. They were better than the Giants. Right. They were better than the Giants oh. both years. That was They were cool. better than. Camp. <laughs> what are you guys going to do with Eli Manning? <laughs> they did exactly what they should have done. I, I, think so. I here's the thing. I'm not a huge Manning fan. I've never been a huge Manning fan, but I didn't love these. The only quarterback I really liked was Josh Rosen, and I watch a lot of college football. And mm-hmm. to me, if they're going to trade down, then trade down. I have no problem with that. They they're in a weird position. They went 11 and five the year before. And then last year, everything right. went to hell in a handbasket. So right. you look at this team. They drafted Davis Webb last year in the third round, who people had going higher than that. Why am I going to waste, not waste the number two pick? That's the wrong way to use it. But if, you have a, if your GM thinks that Saquon Barkley is going to be a Hall of Famer and he's one of the two best draft <laughs> prospects he's ever seen with Peyton Manning, well, that's what he gets paid to do. I mean, I had no I, problem with it at all. I cannot believe that Cleveland screwed up so badly and, and created that opportunity for you guys. That was nuts. <laughs> if, if I, if you I could have Cleveland. easily taken Barkley, and then you could have gone back with your other pick, and there would have been probably at least two quarterbacks for you right there. Yeah. I mean, the question is, who do, you know, would Mayfield have been there? Probably, because – yeah, I would think. I, I, I don't know that anyone else I don't think, him. Yeah. Um, now, there was another issue with that, and this is the issue that the Giants kind of have with Barkley, is in regards to salary cap, because of where he's drafted, he's actually like the second, mm. second or third highest paid running back in the league as a rookie. And you, mm, may, not have wanted to, you may not have wanted to have that with your, you know, as a quarter, because you paid, you know, whatever rookie scale, six, seven million for the first round, for the first pick, seven, eight million for the first pick. With a quarterback, that doesn't matter because the average quarterback, starting quarterback salary is about $20 million a year. But when the average starting running back right. salary is like $2 million, it, it does lead to a bit of awkwardness. So I think that's why Cleveland – I wonder if that's one of the reasons why Cleveland pulled away. They also picked up Carlos Hyde, which, right or wrong, you know, you don't pick up two different running backs. They picked up – they also kept Duke Johnson. You know, if I'm Cleveland, I would have, I would have gone Barkley and then, then Rosen. Uh, but or Barkley in in one of the quarterbacks. Uh, the Denzel Ward thing surprised me. I mean, they needed a cornerback since they lost Joe Hayden, but you know, it's it is what it is, and they're Cleveland, so you know their okay. guy really. But how great is this hard knocks going to be? 
We oh, have to watch it. It's going to be a total oh, train wreck. And it's been it's gotten worse and worse over the years. Um, like it was great yeah, for the beginning it years, cool. and, got, and now you're just sort of and like, then it got boring and more and more and more dull. And then this year right? should be interesting. And so, anyway, we got about four minutes left. First of all, thanks so much for mm-hmm. coming on the show. You had fun. Yeah, oh, thanks for having me. Oh yeah, totally. You're so, right. This is a blast. Oh yeah, I told you. So what I'll tell you is. What I usually say is, uh, we'll let you have the last couple minutes. Is it like, there's anyone you want to talk about? Any any sports thing that you want to bring up? The the studio is, you know, the air is yours. If you got anything, yeah. or if not, uh-huh. then we'll just keep going. Well, it, I mean, I know this isn't particularly your jam, but it is happening in your neck of the woods. Do you think? Uh, do you think we're gonna have a triple crown winner next weekend? I do. I do. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it's. It's funny. The last one we that happened was American Pharaoh three years ago, and Belmont happened at my bachelor party in Atlantic City. So we were watching it ironically <laughs> from from I think it was it was the Caesar's Palace uh, blackjack table, and oh, one of my was friends Nabate who was there. In, what did you say? Nabate <laughs> was, was Nabate. not there. <laughs> Nabate was at. I, I had a two part bachelor party. I had a Yankee Stadium for people who couldn't Yankee game. Because I was because I got married down in um, Puerto Rico, I didn't go anywhere. Yeah, destination. So, right. Right. So I had yet. Yeah, so for people who couldn't come to the bat, couldn't or didn't want to, which was fine, we went to a Yankee game, and one night, and then the next day, I went to went down to to uh, Atlantic City and gambled and did other things, um, whatever they may be. So <laughs> other things. Dot dot dot. Hashtag me too. Was, Just kidding. Exactly. Hey, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> but. Um, what I would say is that it was funny because the guy who was the biggest player I ever met, he actually won the – he picked the first four horses. Not the tri – that wasn't the tri no. It was whatever the past that. So he won like 1500 yeah, yeah, bucks. Yeah, yeah. What's it called? The Exacta or something? Exacta, yeah. Exacto. And the first thing he did was call his wife and told her, I'm like, you're an <laughs> idiot. I go, Don't in a million tell her years. About that. I go, you're, we're going to the court. you – you fight to to hide little pieces of of cash in order to like you know fund your fantasy league with you know. <laughs> I had a buddy. We're going. He had a um a secret credit card uh, that he would use, um and he hid it from his wife in order to fund his fantasy stuff. And uh, <laughs> he passed away unexpectedly. I was cleaning his office and I was like, I gotta find that credit card, man. I gotta call <laughs> and pay it off. It, and, like, make sure she never finds it, you know? <laughs> well, if he's deceased, it doesn't really matter. But, yeah, I get your point. All right. So we out next week. I think Sean comes back. Uh, next time we'll talk for 30 minutes about the not our rival discussion. But, so, yes. for Marisa Paul, uh, this is Seth Kamen's on the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show. <laughs> Have a good one, everybody. We'll Thanks, talk next week. Bye. Bye.